Hey, Charlie. Hey, Grace. Welcome to episode two. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. We actually made it to episode two. <laughs> we did. What have you been doing? Work. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And sleep. Mm. Except I've been awake for 24 hours. Do you know? Oh, so we're like hitting the stage of... Oh, I'm past it. Oh, great. <laughs> I watched TV all night because I couldn't sleep. And halfway through the night, my sound went out on my TV. So I had to close, turn the closed captions on and just read my TV the rest of the night. We tried turning it off and turning it back on. Yeah, so I, I lost my sound and my remote all, all, all on the same the, night. All on the same night while getting broken sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I work for a sleep doctor. I know. You want to <laughs> come in? I can make you an appointment. <laughs> I think I'm good. Oh, okay. There's availability tomorrow. Is there? Yeah. So we have some housekeeping items. Mm. Yeah. So we're working on a video. Yeah. Hopefully we can get on YouTube soon. Mm-hmm. But if anyone knows how to work the camera. <laughs> if you could just like email us. <laughs> <laughs> we need all the support we can get because we don't know what we're doing. You YouTube links. I, I'm not good at reading articles, so if it could be a video, <laughs> show us how to do it. Step by step. Step by step. Uh, yeah, we do need help. But we're now on multiple platforms. Yes. So you can listen to your podcast. Our podcast, not your podcast. <laughs> our podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, it should be on there. Yep, it should be. If it's not on something... And you want it on something, let us know. But you're also going to have to tell us how to put it on there because we don't know. Yeah, so if you need it somewhere, just link a YouTube video <laughs> explaining how to get it on there and we will work on that. Yeah. I also had someone reach out to me this afternoon confused about, like, the whole Who's Chad situation about last week's episode. Okay. And so to clarify that... We both see the same therapist. Yes. Not at the same time, though. That's weird. No, that's weird. Um, and her name, she would like to be called Pepper. Pepper! I love it! Yeah. So, no more Chad. She wants to be no called more Pepper. Chad. It's Pepper. So, that's all I had. I love it. How <laughs> are you, Pepper? Honestly. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. It's, fine. it's better than Chad. It's, better than Chad. <laughs> it's the first basic name I could come up with. <laughs> she probably hated that. <laughs> yeah. So, I have a story. Okay, let's get into it. So, my niece, she's four. This was a few weeks ago. She comes up into my like, office area, and I'm sitting at my desk, and there's a stack of change on my desk, and She's like eyeing it, and I'm like, is she gonna take my money or go and get robbed by four year old? And she goes, Grace, when I was a little girl, that money was my money for my money bank <laughs> because she calls her piggy bank her money bank, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I don't think that came out of your money bank, and she's like. It did when I was a little girl. And I was like, what is a little girl? 
not a four-year-old was a little girl. <laughs> not to her. Okay. Not to her. She's a big girl. Mm, fair enough. But I'm like, what do you need the change for for your money bank? What are you collecting the change for? She goes, for my car. <laughs> She's got a long run ahead of her. <laughs> How's that bear over there got the stethoscope wrapped around his neck? My mom did that while she was cleaning. Um, I that's like one of those like really cheap stethoscopes you get mm-hmm. that like fall apart. The disposable ones. Yeah. Yeah. And so I put it in the get rid of stuff, and then she took it out and put it on my teddy bear, and I was like, "Fine with me." What's your teddy bear's name? I don't know if that one has a name. Oh, maybe we should name him. I, what do you want to name him? Greg. Greg? It's almost worse than Chad. <laughs> he needs an old person name. Harold. That's an old person name. But he looks like he's choking himself with a stethoscope. Well, I don't blame him. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the medical pathways. <laughs> I can tell you. Yeah, we're not getting into health- the healthcare system today. Not to make that. It's like a four-parter. Unless you want to. We can touch on it. I feel like we'll go off on a tangent. That's okay. I'm here for it. It's just the ghost, Johnny. I swear that ghost gets us every time down he here. Does. He just likes to mess with stuff. He just wants attention, so. Well, maybe we should right. give him attention. I'm not talking to him. He's fine. You don't talk to your ghost? I mean, I do. I have like a whole seance. It's fine. It'll be fine. What if it's my grandma? Your grandma? Does she live down here? She died in the house. Well, maybe she's just coming to visit. I mean, that's fine. She can. I don't want to offend her. Well, she just made the lights flicker. She's mad. Are all those wine bottles empty? Yeah. There's one in the fridge that's not. (laughs) (laughs) We might need it. No, we should be good. Yeah. Crackhead. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> My niece thinking ahead of like her car and everything made me think of when we were younger and it was constant pressure to figure out like what's next? What are you going to do when you grow up? The next step. Now that like um, when I graduated college, it's okay, where are you working? Now that I got a job, okay, what's next? You know, then you're dating and then... Uh, when you're going to get engaged, and then you're engaged, when you're going to get married, yep. and then it's before you're even married, when are you going to have kids? And it's all this pressure. Oh, yeah. It's nonstop. I mean, we had a whole program through our school that we had to work on from what, like middle school, where we took like little quizzes and stuff. Yes. And yeah. It would kind of like manufacture a list of occupations that they thought we would be good at in middle school yeah and so you would have to like pick them and favorite them and do research on them and so of course like in middle school I mean I can't speak for everyone but for at least me I still have like stupid stuff like I want to be a vet because I love animals and I'm like I mean I'm in nursing school it's close close it's just stupid stuff like that because I mean like I feel like in middle school and even early high school, you might not want to admit it, but your mindset changes all the time on what you want to do when you grow up, mm-hmm. or like what you want to focus on. But you don't even get like your full four years of high school to focus on that. 
it's by like sophomore year you should have a career picked and you should be getting career and college ready through high school well i felt the pressure even as an eighth grader going into freshman year as like declaring a pathway like you need to pick what you want to do for next year and that's going to follow you throughout high school and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life mm-hmm. and at that age, you're not ready to make a decision like that because then you get into it and, and you're you're trapped. Yeah. Yeah. I remember even back in like kindergarten, we would write the like get to know you pages mm-hmm. and every one of them had, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. It's like they were prepping us oh, yeah. then. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like the generic thing that like most kids say is, or I want to be a vet or a teacher, a teacher or anything like that. Um, or whatever their parents are. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, so, and then as soon as you hit middle school, it's figure out what, like, why don't you know? Yeah. Why don't you, do you don't know what college you're interested in? Figure it out. And it's like, I'm in sixth grade. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and so it's, I mean, it's like that. It's even worse in high school, I feel like. Because, mm-hmm. like, I declared biomed, which you did the same Yeah. through high school and then I did like one year of that and it was fun but I was like I'm wasting my time here because I want nothing to do with this like I don't want this to be my occupation when I get out of high school or anything and so then I did the CNA program which I loved and it was fun and I did good and I mean that's more of what I wanted but I probably wouldn't even have gone down that pathway if it wasn't for high school shoving it down your throat mm-hmm. being career ready mm-hmm. so which i feel like there's so many pros and cons to it though because it's like a pro is is that i got to graduate high school immediately with a certification and get me a decent job right me too um, immediately and you know i i'm not saying that like fast food or working retail is like below that but i didn't have to work that when i got out of high school i had a CNA and I got to work with elders and that's what I love doing for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I still do. Um, but like at the same time, you are getting a whole college certificate in high school and the pressure's real. It is. You have, they offer dual credit classes, which is where you get credit for high school and college in one class. If you like don't do good in that class, that affects your high school GPA and, and college college GPA. As a person, you are not even in college yet. It affects your college GPA. So you can easily go into college with a very poor GPA if you slacked off in these classes in high school, which screwed me over, <laughs> by the way. You, you learned your lesson <laughs> I there. I learned my lesson there, and now I educate everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Those dual credit classes were, they were pushed to... And I kind of eased into them, but I did do the certificate as well, which was great. And I loved it. But you did have a sense of you're too far in and you're stuck. Oh, yeah. Because you put so much effort into getting into the program. And then being in the program was hell. Mm -hmm. That you couldn't switch you couldn't switch because then that would mess up your whole schedule Mm -hmm. and you wouldn't even be college and career ready if you switched because you didn't have time and if you weren't either college like or career ready you couldn't graduate you had to have one of those Mm -hmm. 
And so to be college ready, your ACT, which I can't test, so yeah. I was not considered college ready. And I was like, I know that I'm not going to be. And I have actually seen like kids um, in the grades below us get stuck there because they're like, well, I'm not college ready because my ACT score is blank, but I don't want to be in this pathway. This career life is not for me. I don't want to go into the health profession anymore, but I have to stick with this for the next three years just to graduate because I won't be able to graduate high school, which sucks. Yeah, there's a ton of pressure on kids. Even down into elementary school, just and then in college, you know, you have to declare a major and stick with it or you've wasted money on classes and time and effort. Yeah, cuz in the universities um I know that every college is different, but at least for my college that I went to, you had to declare end of your freshman year yeah i think that's what like i think you really had to be set in stone by like the beginning of your sophomore year um which i got screwed over at my university because i went in with dual credit classes and college credit into this university but she was like oh it's not enough not all of them got transferred and so like you're still a freshman i was like cool yeah well i wasn't i was a sophomore so i was supposed to already be declared and I couldn't get declared into nursing. And so... Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, and so then I was like... She literally just started telling me, I think we just need to pick a different degree. And I was like, what? Like, I'm here for nursing school, and you're telling me to focus on radiology right now and get a degree in that. Something you don't even want to do. Something I do. And that's an advisor. Yes, and that was an advisor. And so, of course, I was like, no, I'm done. And, of course, this was through COVID. and Yeah, everything was rough. It was rough, period. And so I just came back home. So I've never seen this before. But on the weather channel, it did it pop up on yours and tell you we have a hydrologic outlook? I think that's how you say it. Look. What does that mean? Hydrologic? I guess that means we're getting a lot of rain. If I had to use my brain. <laughs> we we completely switched roles. I feel like you always had such a strict schedule and a routine to your day. Like, you got up every day, crack it on, 7 a.m. I got up at, like, 6. Oh! Honey, <laughs> 7 a.m. early for me. And I'm proud of myself that I get out of bed by 7 but you used to get up so freaking early and I would be snoozing. I don't even work third shift, but I'd be snoozing till about 11. Mm-hmm. You'd FaceTime me at like 10.30 and I'd be like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, my senior year of high school, I like went to the gym before school and I would run. That was just to get out of the house, honestly. <laughs> I was like, I can't go anywhere else at this time of day, so I'm going to go run. <laughs> Do you remember when my lunchbox got stolen? I remember this. And then I wasn't allowed to go to the gym anymore. And I was pissed. Oh my gosh, I I forgot about that completely. Why yeah. are you telling me that? Yeah, so I would go to the gym every morning and I would like have to take all my school stuff and I had to shower and change at the gym and everything. Well, I forgot my lunchbox one day and my mom has to pass the gym on her way to work. So she was just like, I'll drop it off. And so she texts me 
when she gets there and she's like, hey, I'm here. And I said, okay, just give me five minutes. And she's like, well, I'm running late to work. I'm just going to set it on your car mirror. And so I'm like, okay. Like, and I was not even two minutes later come out there and my lunchbox was gone. And I was mad about it because I had made me a really good lunch that day. Because on the days I went and ran, I would like make sure I packed me a good lunch because I'd starve. We already had a fork shortage at my home. They go missing. I don't understand where they go. But it's the same thing. And so my mom, the only thing that she was mad about was the fork. There was a fork in the lunchbox and we we lost another fork. (laughs) Not the fork. Yeah. You should have put missing signs around the school. Around the gym? Around the gym. (laughs) Missing fork. The C4. <laughs> well, then my mom got all worried because she was like, if there's people out there that's going to steal a lunchbox, you're, you shouldn't go that early in the morning. And so, like, she wouldn't let me go to the gym anymore. So I just, I just stopped going. Canceled my membership. Mm. I mean, I mean, I'm not shocked. <laughs> but that was, that was back in the days when. Oh my gosh. And so, of course, we... We were pretty much done with our CNA program, our senior year by the time COVID hit. Yeah. Um, and then we tested June, was it? Yeah, I think Through so. Through COVID. Um, now, did you start working at the facility that you worked at before you got your senior Yeah, I started the first week of April. So did I. So I didn't start in April, but I started before I got my CNA there. And so then we went and tested through COVID. <laughs> We aced the test, passed, nine colors. I have a video that I sent you because uh, you said, I got my results in the mail. You need to check your mail. And so I was in a rain jacket because it was like flooding outside. <laughs> I remember that because it was during COVID and it didn't stop raining the whole quarantine. It didn't stop raining. I mean, like my road was flooded, which I'm like, it doesn't matter. I can't go anywhere anyway. Yeah. The government done shut us down. <laughs> so like. I start running out the door and I record myself because I'm in this huge bright yellow rain jacket. I do not remember this. You don't remember this? I took I took a video and I had the hood on and I was like, I'm going to get my test. I was probably in the COVID crockpot because you remember at that time, my facility I was working at, oh. everyone was dying. Oh, yeah. Oh, my it was gosh, bad. I remember that. And you worked on the COVID unit. Yeah, you? for months. Mm-hmm. You'll see, I, I passed. I said too. <laughs> and then I um I started working more on the floor as an aide at my facility and we didn't get COVID at all. Really? Um, yes, we did not get a COVID outbreak, which to this day I'm like, how? Yeah. Why? Where? What? That's amazing. What the heck? Because we weren't like one hundred percent locked down. I mean, we were locked down to where visitors couldn't come in and out. Um, And then we kind of opened up a little bit to where it could only be, like, immediate um, family that can come. Kind of like the residents' kids and stuff. Yeah. It wasn't until, let's see, COVID started 2020. It wasn't until, like, 2021 until we had, like, a little breakout. Yeah, it was hard. Oh, that was, like, honestly traumatizing in a way. Yeah, it was. Working the... Working during COVID. I mean, we started working before we ever graduated high school. I had just, I was 17 when I started. Yep, me too. And just turned 18 and was working on a COVID unit. 
without even we weren't certified but they had emergency certification Mm -hmm. for us and that was like your first job yeah yeah and so I started we didn't have any COVID in the building and then I had orientation they only trained me for like two weeks because everyone was quitting because they were scared of COVID Mm -hmm. and so like the girl that started training me quit within a week into my training and then I got this other girl that was training me. So I only got two weeks of training. And then they just kind of threw me out on the floor. Brand new CNA. Yeah, I remember that. Just kind of fend for yourself. And everyone was calling in sick and whatnot. And then it was only like four or five weeks into working when we started getting residents getting sick. Mm-hmm. And then it was on a friday that the first one tested positive and then i was off saturday sunday come back in on monday and an entire unit was positive and it was my unit that i worked on and it was locked down and i came in that monday and they were putting up like they had just tested positive and they were putting up all the barriers and you know the plastic and everything and i remember i was just working that day you know how busy it is jumping room to room trying to get everyone changed and dressed and ready for bed and showered and all that and I come out of a room and I look up and I am barricaded in my unit like there's no way out because they had put up the plastic barriers and I was stuck and there was no relief that came in that night and so I ended up working from 2 p.m. to 6 a.m. And that happened several mm-hmm. days. Of course and, of course, at that point, we didn't even have... Because this is, like, April, May. Like, this is the start of May. And so, COVID's still very fresh. Mm-hmm. We didn't have... They weren't even calling it, like, airborne, droplet. Like, they did not know, you know. So, they weren't even having us wear N95 masks. And so then all the staff got it, and I was off for whatever the quarantine length was. Yeah, it was like two weeks at that point, wasn't it? Yeah, I th- yeah I think I was off ten days or fourteen days, something like that. I stayed at my grandparents' house because they were gone. They were gone. They were in Florida, so I stayed by myself at my grandparents' house, sick with COVID, and just depressed because I was alone. Mm-hmm thought I was dying and then work calls me like 10 days into the quarantine or whatever and they're like okay you're fine right you can come back and work and so went back and people were still dying I mean every night that I worked it seemed like someone was dying or Mm -hmm. did die and so did a lot of post-mortem care Mm -hmm. laid in a lot of beds with people dying held a lot of hands and we were not ready for that. No, no and we were literally like 17. Yeah. <laughs> we were jumping into this. Um, and I mean, I remember because your facility was a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, my facility is a lot smaller that I worked for. And I got very close with the residents. Mm-hmm. I mean, instantly, you know, they tell you try not to get like too attached. You, know? you, you do, though, in long term care. Like, you're almost like an animal if you don't. Like, <laughs> you do not care for your Oh, I wouldn't go that far, but like, they're just, both of us love the elderly so oh much, so yes. we could literally meet the meanest old person, mm-hmm. and we would fall in love with them. Oh my gosh, they were my favorite. 
Three. Yeah. So many, like, you know, when you start working, you know, you're training. Like, I used to have these aides go, this one's me. This one will chew but your head off. those are the best ones. But those are the ones that absolutely loved me and would request me by name to do their stuff for them. Um, which I accepted. You know, granted, I feel like I'm good at figuring out those kind of people. Like, either they need to be giving that sternness back to them. Yeah. And when you figure out what they're wanting, they'll be your best friend. Yeah. They will help you with anything and everything. They will listen to you. They will respect you. But in that first week, they might be one of the most disrespectful, throwing shoes at you, cussing you out. Oh, I got beat up. Mm-hmm. I got beat up good by one, giving her a shower. Just came out of nowhere. Just turned on me. <laughs> slapped in the face with a dirty washcloth. It was that that was that was I, like almost my last straw. That probably would have been a breaking point. I got my shit rocked by a hundred and two year old lady, <laughs> and I let her. And honestly, after I got my ass whooped, I was like, "Good for you." I am so proud of this lady because she, oh my gosh, yeah, she kicked me in the crotch so hard that like, I mean, I'm pretty sure I had a bruise. Like the next couple days like she kicked me so she hit me she clawed me she slapped me um and of course the poor lady like didn't know what was going on i was just trying to give her a brief change and so you know in her head she's like this lady's attacking me taking all my clothes off and so you know i took it i mean yeah you are amazing i loved that lady after that i was like i know you just abused me but i love you i know know. there was only one resident out of all the ones that were feisty that I dealt with, there was only one that I just could not deal with. And that's because he convinced me to put him in the bathtub, you know, the big jacuzzi tubs. Mm. And then he grabbed my jacket and he tried to pull me in the tub and I, I just couldn't do so. I didn't, harassment. I didn't work with him anymore. In the work forces there especially in healthcare especially working with geriatric it's there for sure yeah Um, you get a lot of pinches for sure yeah i had um once i got closer with some of the ladies like the resident ladies um i had a couple of them pinch my butt that was nothing like aggressive or assault or anything like they just we did it in a joking matter Mm -hmm. um we joked with each other I was very fortunate to have at my facility. I did not have any male residents like that. Um, I was warned of a couple residents that could be a little creepy and might make me uncomfortable. Um, but I had one that he would, after I would give him his meds and like give him his eye drops, he would wrap his arm around me. And one time he kind of grabbed my fat roll, um, like my little muffin top there. And I was like, <laughs> love you, sweetie. And he he was such a kind, genuine guy. Like, I really didn't think much of it. Um, he wasn't, like, trying to make a move. When you're that young, too, it's hard to know the difference. Oh, yeah. But sure. you learn, kind of. Mm-hmm. And some things you let them get away with because they're, like, 101 years old. And if it makes them smile and it makes them laugh, mm-hmm. that's all I'm there for. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, he used to say I love you all the time to me. And I said it right back to him. I was, like, blind. And he didn't know what I looked like you know and he called me sweetie and he said I was beautiful and I was like I'm glad you, you don't even need vision you know I'm beautiful I appreciate a man like you and so I mean I got along with everyone <laughs> yeah I 
I loved my old peeps, but working through COVID was not easy. It wasn't. I don't know about you, but I know that I I got a little too close with some of my residents, like bonded with them um, to the point that they like kind of got wrapped up in my personal life and I was wrapped up. Oh, that's not good. But I just got really close. And so I don't work there anymore, obviously, but I still keep in touch with them. I still go by the facility and talk to them and hang out with them. Um, I try to as much as I can because I adore them and they adore me. Yeah. The ones that I got close with ended up dying during COVID. And those were the ones that there was two in particular that I laid in their beds with them while they died. And it that was hard, but it was part of it. Yeah. I mean, we got to remember we're 18. You were 17. Like, we don't know what we're doing. so young. And you're, like, doing this. And so, of course. uh, And you don't even think about it. You're just, like, you're just doing it. It's, um, not, not everyone is like that. You can't speak for everyone. But, um, at least for me, and I know you, as soon as something happens, like, the response time for us is, like, instant. Like, we don't really think twice about it. I do better with trauma, with, like, the first responder stuff. If something instantly happens, I'm quick on my feet, and I can be good at that. Um, stuff that's slow pace, I'm like, huh? <laughs> think about it, I'm not going to have an answer. <laughs> but if, if someone collapses in front of me and starts dying, I can handle it. <laughs> I just I can't do the slow pace. You um, should consider being a tech in the ER. Oh, I probably Because you wouldn't have the stress of being a nurse. But to just, like, be in the middle of everything, you would love it. I just, I don't know. It's hard. You see some gruesome shit, honestly. In the ER. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. You, you see everything. Mm-hmm. But you become, like... Desensitized very quickly. Which, people that don't understand the medical field or um, experience any of that, like, kind of day-to-day or do that for a job, it almost seems like... Oh, you don't have any feelings. Actually, yesterday, no, it was Sunday. Today, what is? I don't even know. Today's Tuesday. I've been I've been up since Monday <laughs> though. Um, well, I was going to work, and Carter's mom, she was talking about something, and I made some off the wall comment about death, and she looked at me like I had three heads, and Carter was like, "Grace, not everyone." use death the way you view death and I've had a lot of people tell me I'm cold Mm -hmm. just I don't feel like I was that cold and desensitized to death and the dying process until COVID Mm -hmm. when I kind of like had to pull myself away from that because you couldn't Mm -hmm. you you couldn't be 100% there and deal with that Mm -hmm. and the loss that we had to deal with which I, I personally didn't have that, like where we had a major COVID outbreak and, you know, I was just losing people left to right. We lost, um, like I said, about three patients. But for me, like these patients would get taken out and either while I was there or I wasn't there. And then they'd never come back because they passed away at the hospital or something. Um, and so I never got that closure. Like I never, I would still go into work being like, oh, they're just out. You know, I, it didn't even, like, process in my head. That they died. They're dead. They're never coming back. And it would take me so long to grasp that because I'm like, well, I never got, like, that closure from them. Like, I wasn't here. I didn't get mm-hmm. to sleep with them one last time, like, or anything like that. And so that was hard for me 
it's hard when they die on your shift, but it's it's hard when they don't, mm-hmm. and you don't. You're there one day, and then oh yeah, you're there, you know, three days later or whenever you work, and they're just gone. Oh yeah, and you see that room mm-hmm. with them in it. No matter how many more people come in and out of that room. Oh my gosh, yeah. Which is honestly the craziest thing. Because what I... I disagree with this when it comes to any any nursing home assisted living. Is when a resident passes away and then the next week you fill that room. No. That bed doesn't even cool down before they throw someone in it. Yeah. And that triggers me. It does. That is so aggravating from the other residents there from their standpoint and from the workers it is aggravating and honestly disrespectful it is because the residents don't get that closure it's all about the money Mm -hmm. it is it is which sucks that money makes the world go around um but that's aggravating and i remember going into this one patient's room and every time i would walk in i would see her sitting there yeah she always she was in a wheelchair and she always had her bible and would always read mm-hmm. and she would read out loud and she had tremors and so her voice shaked as she would shake and i remember that and i love that about her it just it had that one little like unique thing about her and her writing was different because she had tremors um and everything and i would go in that room no matter who was in there and be like and i'd almost say her name like i'd almost go in and be like hey and then i'm like oh yeah you're not here anymore. I was put on the well unit when I came back and not on the COVID unit for a few weeks. And it quickly became a COVID unit because it spread so fast. And so they would get the test results back and the nurses and everyone else were so busy just trying to do the paperwork of it and deal with other residents that Oftentimes, it would be us telling them, you tested positive, and moving them to the COVID unit, which was not our place to tell them, but there was no one there. I mean, we were so understaffed that we were the ones to tell them, and they would just break down because they knew that was that was it. Oh, yeah. And you'd push them. Yeah, you'd push them in, in their bed if unless they could get up in their chair. You'd push them through the plastic and... That was the last time you saw him. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, depressing. It's like a horror movie. Yeah. That Monday that I was talking about when I got trapped in my unit, I felt like I was in a movie with the red biohazard buckets and the plastic, makeshift plastic duct tape to the walls. And everyone dying mm-hmm. and coughing and so yeah. sick. Okay, this episode got really... Um, really twisted. <laughs> this is not where we intended for this episode to go, but... I don't think I've really talked about everything that COVID entailed. And not many people get it and understand it. So I just kind of don't talk about it anymore because everyone's tired of hearing about it. Oh, yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Which I get it. Um, I get being tired of hearing about it. I've just never shared my experience with it, I don't think. You had a rough experience. That's for sure. Yeah. Especially at a young age. Yeah, but even even though I was young, like, no one was prepared for it. Oh, no one. The nurses, the aides had been there for 
20, 30 oh, yeah. years, they took it just as hard. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you can't be prepared for something like that. And there's also many different people your age, different age, that are traumatized just the same. Um, I mean, I know that we talk to our therapist about that. Well, I can't speak for you, but I know I do. <laughs> like, I bring it up to her like about like the after effects of COVID and how so many people have anxiety from like going out and doing basic tasks now um because we got so used to staying home doing anything and i told her i was like i was happy (laughs) to stay home home. yeah i remember the i i did struggle coming out of quarantine Mm -hmm. and just going back to normal life but it was like after because we went because i worked in the nursing home that entire summer of 2020 literally did not leave the nursing home i felt like i lived there um and then went to college stayed at the dorm and so i completely isolated myself in the dorm even though stuff was kind of opening up so then come spring of 21 is when i started like actually socializing ish again and yeah it was definitely anxiety provoking Mm -hmm. to go back to normal oh yeah i I dropped a whole class in college because of my anxiety, because I couldn't handle it. And granted, I'm I'm not 100% gonna blame that on COVID because I have anxiety. In yeah. General, um, had anxiety before COVID was a thing. Granted, it wasn't as bad. Um, but I remember when I left for college the first year, I actually went away, moved into a dorm for the whole first year. And all my classes were online. I had, like, one or two classes in person a week, which was, like, nothing. You know, I handled it. I went to them. But I starved <laughs> because I wouldn't go out to, like, the cafeteria. Yeah, I did the same thing. To do that. Um, I would have to talk myself into going across the street to Kroger mm-hmm. to get groceries so that I literally wouldn't starve to death in my dorm. Um, because I isolated myself in there and I did not eat. I was not comfortable going on campus by myself. Um, I felt like I didn't know the area. That was it. And I hated living my life like that. Absolutely hated it. And then I, when I finally decided that I'm coming home, I'm coming back to community college when I get home. I'm done with this university crap. Did that. Well, for anatomy, I was in the class for two weeks. Oh, I think a little over two weeks. But I dropped it. Because I would sit in my car. I would get there early. Because anxiety. <laughs> sit in my car. Anxiety. And literally would be gagging. Physically gagging. Because I'm like, I'm going to throw up. My anxiety is so bad. And then I'm like, I'm going to shit myself. My anxiety is so bad. Oh I'm like, I would flip back and forth. And I would be like, I can't tell if I'm going to vomit. Or if I'm literally going to shit. Right here, right now. In, in your car. car. <laughs> in my car. <laughs> it is coming out of one end. And I don't know what end it's going to come out of, but it's coming. And I mean, I talked to my mom about it. And then I went to my doctor and I dropped the class. <laughs> and I got put on Zoloft. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm in therapy <laughs> as well. Yeah. It was, it was rough going back to my, I mean, it's still like affects us to this day mm-hmm. and I don't know when it was but it was like freshly coming out of everything I went to 
a funeral. I had to go because it was a family member. And so, like, I didn't have a choice whether I could go or not. My parents were, like, staying all day. I was like, I cannot stay all day. There's no way I can stay there all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'll just drive. And then I ended up, like, not being able to drive. So, I called my aunt. She picks me up. We go to the funeral. I'm crying about having to walk into this funeral because I'm so anxious about it before I ever get there. Pull myself together. I'm like, you're fine. You're going to walk in here. Mm-hmm. You're going to do what you have to do. Just, all you have to do is make appearance and then you can leave. But then I didn't have a car to leave. So I walk in the door, the back door, so that I don't cross like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I walk into the room where like the person's laid out and there's just so many people in that room and just panicked and lost it. Like, I, the walls were narrowing and I was going to black out. And so I was like, I got to go. And so I just start crying. Like, I'm just standing there, complete, sh- like, sheer panic. And just start crying. And my mom sees me from across the room and she's like, has this look on her face. And I turn around real quick and I'm like, out the door. Yeah, I was out the door and it was cold. It was really cold. And, um, which hold on brings me back to the, remember when I had a panic attack at school and you had to stand outside in the cold with me? Yeah. Yeah. That was rough. That was. Thanks for standing outside in the cold of with course, me. Of course. It, it was literally like inches of snow. Oh um, yeah. I propped the door open with a rock so that you could get back in. Yeah. You, uh... We stood in the snow and I, mm-hmm. I, I just cried. Yeah, and I let you. <laughs> Try not to hyperventilate. But yeah, I was at the funeral. I book it out the door. My mom's like running behind me like, what just happened? And she's like, what are you doing? Like, what is wrong with you? And I, was, I couldn't talk. I couldn't do anything. I, I, I couldn't even see. Like, I was hyperventilating, trying not to pass out. I had my head between my knees outside. Off the highway. There's cars driving by. It's freezing cold. Ugh. So, mom's like, I don't know what to do with you right now, but I have to go back in because the funeral's about to start. So, I'm sitting, it's a sketchy part of town, okay? I'm sitting outside. Mom leaves me, goes back inside to the funeral. And I pull it together enough to call my sister-in-law. And I'm like, you have to come get me. I'm outside. I'm not going back in. Too many people saw me. And... There's no way. Was she at home? No. So she was actually at her aunt's house, which lived close. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was just a coincidence. She was there and she was like, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Well, she gets there and there's still like people trickling in. And so she jumps out of her car because she has the two kids in the car seats. And so in a minivan. So there's no like room. She jumps out of her car. She opens the hatch flips a seat up in the back and I crawl through the hatch while the all these people are like walking past me <laughs> and she's like you're okay we're you're done you don't have to go back in there it's good and I literally like sobbed all the way home props to her though I know this she saved, saved me you. oh my god I don't know what I would have done if she wasn't near what a woman I would have been just sitting out there on the sketchy highway yeah yeah that those oh that's the worst. But was this like a family member you were like really close with or? Not really. Like the funeral? Mm-hmm. Not really. I mean, it was one that I 
I got a lot of shame for not being present after the fact. Like, I wasn't seen. And there was a lot of talk about, like, why wasn't Grace there? But, you know. I don't do funerals. I, I can't. After that one, I can't do funerals anymore. No. Yep. And, like, I don't mean that in any disrespect to the people that have passed away, to the family. I don't do funerals. The last funeral I had to go to was my grandma, that, which is a whole other story <laughs> for another episode. Um, and I honestly probably wouldn't have gone if it wasn't for, like, my mom needing me. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I can't do them. I don't do them. Um, I was there and... I get uncomfortable with the whole, um, oh, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss. Yeah. Random people coming out of the woodworks that I haven't seen since I was like five. Being like, oh, she was such an amazing person. Okay, where were you? Right. You know, that pulls up the anger out of me. And I'm like, I can't hit someone outside the head with a flower pot in a funeral home where I would be asked to. I hate the flowers in a funeral home. I I hate flowers in general. I. I just want to put this in perspective for people. When you have someone that passes away and you order all these expensive, expensive, okay, I'm talking like a couple hundred dollars for bouquets of flowers that get sent to us and that get presented at the funeral home. The person that comes home with those has to deal with them. We had over 10 huge, ranging from very tiny to huge bouquets of flowers. And you want to talk about that? of coming home every day after work trying to go back to normal life like society expects you to after dealing with something and then coming home and seeing like bouquets of flowers that remind you of the person that's dead and this is gruesome and not everyone can handle this but why are you going to get someone flowers for someone that dies when flowers die i understand that like and people i've said that to people before because i could be quite blunt when i'm upset and people are are like (gasps) why would you say that? And I'm like, okay, well, this person's dead mm-hmm. and you're getting me something that dies. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be sitting wherever I put it in my house until it dies. And that's going to remind me, oh, well, this person's dead. Thank you so much, Betsy, for the $100 bouquet of flowers that are now dead and smell like shit that are in my house. Not to be ungrateful. <laughs> It aggravates me. It is so aggravating. And to, from the standpoint of seeing my mom have to deal with it, oh my god. I was like a hot mess because when it comes to my parents, especially my mom, my parents can handle their own business. My mom can definitely hold her own ground. But I feel like as, you know, her kid, like I want to step up and protect her when she's hurting. And she was hurting through this whole process of losing her mom and having to take care of her. And so I wanted to step up. So I got very nasty with people that got too close or that said the wrong things. I instantly was like, you can sit down, back off, don't talk to my mom, don't touch my mom, don't get near my mom, you let her do what she needs to do. Um, And just seeing all these flowers and stuff, like, what do we do with them? Like, but what I will tell you is what my mom appreciates the most and myself are the gifts that we got. Like, I have this um, little angel that's in my room that lights up that someone sent us to the funeral home for in remembrance of my grandma mm-hmm. and I have that in my room I'm like guess what it doesn't die 
Okay. It doesn't die. <laughs> you put <gasps> it into the wall, you turn it on, and it doesn't die. <laughs> Unlike your stupid flowers <laughs> that you spend so much money on. You waste so much money on. <laughs> These things live. Do you like flowers for other occasions, though? Um, I, I'm i not going to lie, I'm not a huge flower person. I'm not either. Um, because they die. They freaking die. Like, that's their whole... They get chopped off their stem and put in a vase and yeah they're pretty whatever and honestly people are like oh they smell so good they smell like shit what why are you lying it smells awful and i have a problem with valentine's day and flowers because it's supposed to be like love and whatever all you're saying is love dies I don't get it. It's like, why, why are you gonna give something to someone that dies on? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't live forever. So if I go to like Hobby Lobby and get you a bouquet of fake flowers, would you like that more? I mean, I guess. But they're fake. Yeah. And they're just gonna be in a random vase and look like shit. And at least they won't smell like shit. Oh my god! Yeah, they're starting to smell a lot better, and they won't die. <laughs> <laughs> you could spritz them with some like essential oils that smell good. <laughs> Here's some sweater weather by Bath and Body. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't mind getting flowers. Um, I actually keep any flowers I get. So any bouquet of flowers that I have gotten in the past, um, especially for Mason, I save them. So I'll pick one or two flowers out of the bouquet and I dry them out and I save them. And so I actually have a lot of bouquets in my room that are dead flowers. <laughs> Not to be weird. And the, my mom always questioned that. She was like, why do you have dead flowers in your room? And I'm like, because I'm dark, mom. It's not a phase, mom. I like dead stuff. <laughs> so I have these dead flowers and I'm like, because when somebody gets me a gift and it dies, like flowers do, I don't want to get rid of that gift. And so I keep a flower. And so I have them. And it matches my aesthetic in my room. So the first time Carter got me flowers. Oh, no. <laughs> I was very appreciative. It was thought that count. He's got me flowers since. It's fine. He knows my stance on flowers. I still like it, but you know they're flowers. Uh, but the first time he got me flowers, they started like to die in my room, and I was I was just looking at them and I was like, all I could think is love dies, love dies. That's all that I saw when I looked at them. So I literally took the vase, walked out the door, pitched him out in the front yard, videoed it, and sent it to him. And he was like, oh, okay, I guess no more flowers. And we had to talk about it after that. Did you have, like, an explanation with the video, or did you just... Nope. I just straight up sent it to him. You just straight up sent the video, no contact. Nope. Just me throwing the flowers out in the yard. His flowers on him. Yeah. With the vase. Yeah, just tossed them. <laughs> but now he knows my stance on flowers, so it's all fine. I have, um, I've gotten, like, bouquets and stuff sent to me, like, from florist and stuff. Um, like, our local florist, they will, like, deliver them to you. Mm-hmm. Somebody gets you flowers and stuff, you can have them delivered to their home or whatever. Um, which, I'm not gonna lie. I'll just whack the shit <laughs> out <of the> jar <laughs> there. <laughs> so I'm not gonna lie. I like. I'm like, that is so sweet. But then again, I'm like, I rather you save your money, you know, 
because a getting like professional bouquets of flowers are expensive um you can get me something else you know yeah, yeah i i would rather you save money for an experience oh yeah for sure for sure and i mean i i try to focus on that more honestly or like um the memories mm-hmm. because, yeah i got um a good couple minutes of oh but it's not a whole experience and oh yeah that you can have pictures and memories of and reflect on too yeah and i prefer those yeah for sure living in the moment oh, versus yeah. always like looking for the next thing okay. to do mm-hmm. which is very hard to do and i struggle to do that <laughs> me too it's hard because like you're prepped as a kid to always mm-hmm look for the next thing to do and so just trying to be present in the moments that you have now is hard because it has been kind of engraved in our brain since like middle school or even elementary school okay what's next what's next all right you have um figured out the like degree you want or the education you want so then what college are we going to Mm -hmm. you picked a college okay what's next how long mm-hmm. is this going to take you? All right, you graduated, you got your degree. What's next? Where are you going to work? You know, and so then finally when you get there and you get to that place of where you're like, oh, all right, we're done. Got my college degree and stuff and you're there and you're working and you're like, okay, well, what's next? Yeah. Like, what do I do now? Do I just stay here for the rest of my life? Yeah. I think there's a big difference in like generations too because like our parents, I don't know the right word, but they want you to stay at one organization and loyalty matters and they which in their day loyalty in a company did matter and it they could work their way up but nowadays it's just education matters like you can get uh um, you can get a promotion move up the ladder yeah you can but just like people can come out of college with a degree and get a job that a person that's been at the company for 20 years cannot get Mm -hmm. and so it's a lot different than when our parents were entering the workforce they saw it as you start at the bottom and you work up the ladder and it in some cases it's still like that but in a lot of cases it's not Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases you don't get to start moving up the ladder until you get a degree yeah we're a bigger title. And loyalty doesn't matter because mm-hmm. there it it just doesn't anymore. There's constant change within businesses. Honestly, one of the hardest lessons that I had to learn was that you're replaceable. As we a, don't need you. Oh yeah. As a twenty year old, it's kinda shocking that you learned that already because <laughs> I learned that very fast. You are replaceable. Like if you quit they will hire someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we are going through a whole crisis of job shortage and everything, they will still replace you. Or they'll screw over the other employees and make them do your job on top of it. Um, they don't care. And so you have to advocate for yourself. Yeah. Like, and I hate to be that way because even though if you have a manager that's like so invested in your personal life or your well-being or wants the best for their company and their employees... In the long run, they don't care. No. Um, They're there for the money. Yep. Because if you quit, you'll be replaced. 
um, they will find someone else. And so it's just, it's kind of how it is. It's how it is at like every job. And it's sad that we can't, because work is such a big part of our lives. Like we spend a lot of hours at work and it's sad that we can't create a more positive community in the workplace. Mm -hmm. The workplace would be a lot more fulfilling if we did have a sense of community and sense of belonging Mm -hmm. in that I'm not just a number. I'm not just an employee. You know? Little stuff goes a long way and honestly we don't have it a lot. I mean I remember getting um a lot of titles shoved on to me and I was getting paid for one job while doing like five. I remember at the old place I used to work, I was there as a caregiver. I was supposed to be taking care of the residents, but I was also doing housekeeping. Oh yeah. Also doing dietary aid. Um and I mean it that that is crazy in itself. If you've ever worked in a facility, you know what I'm talking about. If you have worked anywhere in nursing, you know that nursing is a job that you can do everyone else's job. No one can do your job. You can be an electrician. You can be maintenance. You can be the cook. Mm -hmm. You can be the dietary aide. You can be the manager. Mm -hmm. You can be the pharmacist. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You can be everyone's job. But none of those other people can do your job. And it makes it really challenging when you Mm -hmm. feel like there is no one. Mm -hmm. Like, you are it. Oh, yeah. Now that I work for a um, bigger organization, I have learned that you are kind of just a number. And it's hard to realize that as a young adult. But there's no amount of preparation that any school college whatever can give you to navigate these years of our life of transitioning trying to you know get degrees and transition into the workforce and figure out if it's what we actually want to do if it's what we're passionate about if we're happy and relationships we're still struggling that's okay we got Pepper and we got each other. We got Pepper and each other. <laughs> well, it's been way too long. We've been recording for like two hours, so we'll see how much editing is done. Yeah. I hope you learned something. We got a little dark. This We did not expect this episode to go in the direction that it went whatsoever. Nah. You never know what to expect. I did have um, someone reach out to me that wants to be a guest. Actually, two people want to be guests, so we'll have to talk about that and see about that for future. We might have some guests coming on. (laughs) That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, Well, if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a rating. Or anything. Our email is twistedchicks2 at outlook.com. You can email us. Oh, yeah. Email us. Send us your ideas. If there's anything you guys want us to talk about. We will respond for sure. Even if you just want to chat, mm-hmm. we'll respond to you. Yeah. We'll be your friend. And if you don't like the podcast, um, if you could just still give us five stars and then you can bash us however you want. Just No, please don't do that because I will get real sad about it. 
if you don't like the podcast, just don't listen to it. Just block us, yeah, honestly, because we'll probably curl up in a ball and cry for a week. Yeah. Just be nice humans. Yeah, well. Alright, guys, well, join us next week. For episode three.